I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Um, last week, Dave got us started in talking about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And... Um, we're going to be going over the gifts of the Spirit over the next number of weeks together. Um, and, and last week, tried to lay a pretty broad foundation of who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do. Uh, this morning, I want to get into a little bit more detail, but focused at, on about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's going to be a little bit kind of, uh, kind of an introduction to the gifts of the Spirit and some foundational things. And if you're thinking, yeah, but what about this gift or that gift, and how does that work? In the next few weeks, we're going to get into more depth on the specificity of the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, so I, I want to just talk more generally about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. That is what I gave you, right? Verse 12 or verse 11? Let's do 11. Perfect. I like that one better. I didn't think I gave you that. Man, that's awesome. All right, let's go back to verse 11. This is, pause real quick. <laughs> I pause before you even start, right? But this is coming off of the listing of all the specific gifts that were given by the, by the Holy Spirit. And then it says this in verse 11. All these, meaning all these gifts, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body Jews or Greeks slaves or free and all were made to drink of one spirit okay pause pause here for a second before we go on any further I, I want to talk about what is he talking about here of what does it mean to be to drink of one spirit He's talking about the beauty of the gospel, of these gifts and where they're coming from. And he's saying that when you are saved and you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you are baptized, yes, in water. But it's a symbol of you being brought into the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, there's all kinds of benefits. And he's saying one of those benefits is, is that you get to drink of the Spirit. Now, what in the world does that mean? To drink of the Spirit. I want you to turn back to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 37. John 7, uh, 37 through 39 says this. And it'll give us, I think, some insight in what it means to drink of the Spirit. And Jesus says this. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is saying something, I think, pretty unbelievable that I think will give us some insight in what he's talking about, what it means to drink of the Spirit. Because Jesus says, listen, if you are thirsty, come to me and I will give you something to drink. And what he says elsewhere is this drink is, is one that will not run out. This drink is one that truly satisfies. Come to me and drink of me. But not only that, 
Out of you then, this water will flow as streams of living water from within you. And by that, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He's saying here it was yet to be given because the Spirit was given at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, which then dwells in believers. And here he's saying not just dwells in believers, but flows out of believers. So here's what I think it's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when we get to talking about what it means to drink of the Spirit is this. We get the privilege by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, that when we come into a relationship with him, we get to come in relationship with him and drink of him. That means we get to have an intimate relationship with him. We get to have his life be infiltrated and dwell within our life. We get to have his life, his peace, everything that he promises and gives us. That just isn't something he drops on us and moves on. It's because he, through the Holy Spirit, dwells within us. He gives of himself to us, and we are transformed. To drink of him means that we come to him in relationship with him. But not only that, that we now have not only the relationship, we also have a responsibility that the Spirit flows in us, but the Spirit also flows out of us as well. So this morning I want to talk about the two aspects of the Holy Spirit, the inflowing of the Spirit and the outflow of the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the gifts of the Spirit, I'm going to talk more as kind of a narrow understanding of the outflow of the Holy Spirit. When I'm talking about the outflow of the Holy Spirit, there could be all sorts of things. They're just walking in obedience to the Lord, doing what he says, serving people. But I want to talk this morning specifically in the terms of the outflow of the Holy Spirit, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you have been around Rand Park for a long time. You kind of understand our thoughts on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are new and aren't sure the, the, what the Holy Spirit is or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so here's our thought on the Holy Spirit. Here's our thought on the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is oftentimes we treat the gifts of the Holy Spirit as something that God gives us and says, oh, that's nice, do what you want with it, apart from God himself. Here is the beauty of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And by gifts of the Holy Spirit, I am referring to here more the supernatural gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, there's other gifts listed throughout the Bible, and I'm not downplaying those. Those are incredible. Those are great gifts. But for the sake of time... And these are the ones that have the most questions. I want to talk more about the supernatural gifts of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's the beauty of these gifts. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, jump back to verse 7 and read that with me. It says this, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Listen to that for a minute. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit himself dwelling within you. The beauty of the gospel is that we get to receive the Spirit and the Spirit flows from within us. And so these gift, different gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, whether it be prophecy or tongues or interpretation of tongues or healings, signs and wonders, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, all the like, those gifts are simply the Holy Spirit making himself known through us. So here's what I believe about that. Is the Holy Spirit then, it says in chapter or verse 11, is the Holy Spirit determines the gifts that are given to each one of us as he sees fit. So I think that if it's the Spirit himself manifesting himself through us, all the gifts listed here in 1 Corinthians 12 are available to you today. True. Now some of you are like, oh, I've never seen them. Just because you haven't seen them doesn't mean that they're not available to you. For too often, with any, all these things, especially the gifts of the Spirit, we, we get more of our theology and belief about who God is based on our experience rather than what the Word says. 
when our experience and the word don't match up, we don't bring the word to our experience and say, well, it's got to fit according to our experience. No, we stand firmly on the word and what it says. And when we understand that today, that God wants to pour out his gifts upon us. Now, we don't get to determine what gifts those are. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 says, It is the Spirit of God that gives these gifts as he sees fit. So why would we say to the the Lord, Oh, that's not my gift. No, thank you. Right? All these gifts are available to you today because he is flowing from within us and he determines how he's going to manifest himself in us and through us. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes, I know when I talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, our first response is to simply disqualify ourselves. So, Brent, why are we talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's for spiritual people. That's easy for you to talk about because you're a pastor. Um, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not mature enough. I'm not good enough. Let me remind you of what these are called. These are called the gift of the Holy Spirit. A gift is not something that you've earned. And so many of you are trying to earn your way into being able to prove yourself to the Lord that you're worthy to step into these gifts of the Holy Spirit. That he's simply saying, stop trying to earn it. This is a gift. Simply receive it. Now, in a minute here, I'll talk about what, what are some ways, maybe why we don't see these within us. But I think the beauty is that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 there, right? It says 12 and 13. It says we've been baptized uh, Greek, Jews or Greek, slave or free. That the beauty of the gospel is that I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're rich or poor, if you've walked a straight path or a crooked path. I, I don't care if you're young or old, a new believer or non, uh, uh, or a new believer or an old believer. The, the promise of the gospel is that all of us get to drink of the same spirit. That means we get to have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. And not only that, he says, not only have I invited you into relationship with myself, but that you are useful for me and my purposes and get to be used by him. Some of you have been believing the lie that you're not ready to be used by him, that you're not good enough to be used by him, and that is a load of um, yes. garbage, right? Thank you. <laughs> baloney. Thank you, John. I like baloney. Now, here's the thing. There are two sides of this, if we're going to understand, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the inflow and the outflow of the Holy Spirit. And I think we can get out of whack when our inflow from the Lord, the source from the Lord, is out of whack. But I think we can also get messed up when our outflow gets plugged up as well. We have an open channel. We're vessels of the Holy Spirit. And we have our inflow opened up as well as the outflow uh, opened up. And here's where I think that we kind of get screwed up sometimes is that, let's be honest. It is way more fun to focus on the outflow of the Holy Spirit, right? It's way more fun when you're like, man, I was out there ministering to people, boom, people getting healed, prophecy, boom, 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 people getting saved, dead being raised, all that stuff. It, it's awesome. And here's the thing that we can often get trapped into is it's re, uh, reinforced by other people because the outflow of the Holy Spirit that we get to partner with him in, that is public. And that is where we can start finding our identity, our purpose, our accolades from what other people think about the gifts God has given us rather than finding our purpose, satisfaction in God himself. The gifts are awesome. Don't hear me say they're not good. But gifts do not measure maturity. The fruit of the Spirit measures maturity. You could be the most screwed up, um, 
immature Christian and still operate in unbelievable gifts of the Holy Spirit, unbelievable power, that doesn't mean you're mature. What maturity is, is the private work of doing business with the Lord, getting into his word, knowing the truth, growing a relationship with him, the time spent in prayer, time spent, God, what are you saying to me? How am I going to walk that out? Not just getting more knowledge, but actually doing it, growing in repentance when he shows something to you that doesn't line up with him. Like, that's hard work, and no one sees that but the Lord, and the temptation then is to say, I'm not going to really worry about the input here, I'm just going to go for the output, because man, this is way more fun. But here's the problem, if you don't focus focus on the input, you will dry up and you will die. Here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 2. The same warning that God gave the, gave the Israelites, I think is the same warning that applies to us today. It says, Jeremiah chapter 2 says, two sins that you've committed, that you've turned from me, or you've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and instead you've dug out or you've hewn your own cisterns, cisterns that cannot hold water. So many of us, when we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's not simply about not stepping out boldly, not being courageous, which that sometimes is part of it. But for so many of us, it's because in our lives, we're trying to go to a source to satisfy, to give purpose, to give meaning, to give peace, to give joy in something other than the one who's offering something that does not run out, and that's from God himself. I'll tell you, man, guys, we could walk in unbelievable power at Moran Park, and some of you do. But if it is void of you walking with the Lord, knowing the Lord, pouring yourself out to the Lord, growing in intimacy with the Lord, it is wasted. This morning, this morning some of you are content because you see a little trickle of water, but you're trying to dig your own cisterns rather than go to the Lord to do what he wants of you. It's really easy to fool ourselves for a little while if we're seeing, oh, I got some water, I got some water, but it's because you're digging, you're digging. And it's true, like you can dig and dig and dig and get some of your own water for a while, but I tell you what, it does not last. It's a ton of work and it will grow, go dry. Some of you have turned to other things other than the Lord for, for peace. Drugs, al alcohol, relationships, porn. Some of you have turned to other things for meaning and purpose by just working hard, by proving yourself, by being really spiritual. Some of you have turned to, to all these other things other than the Lord, and they always run dry. I think one of the things the Lord is calling us back to this morning is that we would turn away from those cisterns, those wells that we're trying to dig on our own, and we turn back to the living water because he alone satisfies. Jesus said, right in John 7, all you who are thirsty come to me. And here's the issue with that is I know some of us this morning are like, yeah, but I ain't too thirsty, right? Here's the grace of the Lord Jesus is that when we are not thirsty, we simply ask him for an increase of thirst, and he will pour it out. I want to do something real quick. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to move on. All right. 
I want to give you an opportunity if you this morning are just not, um, not really thirsty for the Lord. So what that means probably in your life is like there's just incredible apathy. You may be busy like doing good stuff, but there's just incredible apathy. There's no thirst for the Lord. There's no thirst for his word. There's no thirst to spend time with him. And so you're like, great, look, you're just telling me these things I should do. I have no desire to do so. And I'm not telling you to work harder to have desire. I'm telling you to stop, relinquish control, and just say, God, I'm coming to you, the spring of living water. Would you even give me the desire to turn towards you? Because sometimes it's a heck of a lot easier to stay where we're comfortable and be like, yeah, this, this well I'm trying to dig, it's a lot of work, but it's comfortable. It's a well, I, I, I'm digging, digging, but I have control over it. And there's a fear of relinquishing control. And so I, I, for you this morning, if you simply are saying, I, I don't even have the thirst to turn away from these things, here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm just going to ask you to stand up so we can pray for you. That everyone will see me. Yeah, that's how we pray for you, right? Isn't it so awesome we can be honest with the Lord and with each other when things just aren't the way we want them to be? Isn't that awesome? It's crazy, right? Because I think sometimes we're like, I don't have the thirst. And so instead of just saying, oh, God, I can't do this. I might not need you. Turn to the spring of living water. We like try to dig a different cistern of trying harder to have enough hunger and thirst. And God is so gracious. He just wants to pour it out. So let's do this. Um, if you're close to someone that needs that, I want you to just lay hands on them, if they're cool, like shoulder area, please, if you're cool, right? Um, just stand, stand up around them, lay hands, and pray for an increase of thirst from the Lord, for the Lord. Increase thirst for his word, increase thirst for his ways. Go ahead and just pray out loud at the same time. God, we thank you for the invitation to come to you, the streams of living water, God. And sometimes we just don't even have the thirst to even want to do that. So we thank you for your promise, God, that you will equip us to do what you, you're calling us to do. And that is coming back to you, God. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, even those who do not stand up for prayer, for all of us, God, that we would grow in an increase of thirst for you, God. That we would not be satisfied for anything less than you, God. That we would not dig our own wells, God. And if we are, God, that you would expose them, God, so that we would turn to you the spring of living water, God. Oh, God, that we would want to walk with you. We'd want to know you. we want to lay our lives on the altar. God, we are sorry for so often we just give you little bits and pieces of us. We try to keep you at a distance and appease you by doing a couple nice things. Oh, God, that we would come to you and have our whole lives laid on the altar for you. Oh, God, that you'd increase our thirst for you this morning. Oh, God, increase our thirst for your word. Increase our thirst to know you. Increase our thirst to follow you, God. Oh, we love you. We pray this on Jesus' glorious, glorious name.
Amen. Grab a seat. Um, it's amazing. I know sometimes I, I say things and it just makes it feel like you've got to try harder, and that's not the thing at all. It's like when God exposed our weakness, it says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's like 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, I will boast all the more my weakness because then the spirit of Christ rests on me. And, and when we're not measuring up, it's not like, great, try harder. It's recognizing our weakness and turning back to the one who wants to fill us. Like so often we just don't get filled, with, filled up with the Lord because we're try, trying so hard to prove that we're worthy of it or we're trying to fill ourselves. And he's saying, just simply come to me to be filled by him. It's interesting, though, is I think things get way out of whack when we don't, don't focus on having a good inflow or going to the right spring of living water, especially as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And like, let me remind you, the, the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians here, they, they're operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they are a bunch of screw-ups with them. These guys are going wacko with the gifts, Right? I'd imagine it's like the stuff you see in late night TV of getting like really crazy, right? Like getting, getting out of hand at times. And Paul is simply reminding them, guys, of coming back to Jesus Christ himself. And so here's what he says later in the next part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that I think some of us might deal with too, and that's comparison. Jump down to verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 12. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any, it, any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would, the sense of, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Like here's the, one of the most deadly things I see take place, not just with the gifts of the Spirit, but just serving the Lord in general, is that our tendency is to compare ourselves to one another. So we're looking around, it's like, man, that dude can prophesy. I can't do that. Uh, I might as well just let him do that stuff because he's way better than me. Or maybe you're like just stepping into one of the gifts. And here's the thing, we'll talk about it more next week. Like you grow in the gifts by like using them and exercising them. And so as you're starting out, man, you are clumsy in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You screw up in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the tendency is like, man, I really botched that. Um, I should just let the guy that's more mature, the woman that's more mature in this do that. And we start comparing ourselves to one another. Or we start really designing, oh, that gift's better than the one I've got. Or we start going the flip side and saying, oh, that gift's junk. What? Come get the gift that I have. And I think what solves the problem is when we go back to the Lord and we're in step with the Holy Spirit, when we know who we are in Christ, when we know that he's called us, when we know that the Spirit of God sees us, God sees us and he sent the Spirit to dwell within us and he's equipped us all each uniquely. Yes, as I said, I believe all the gifts are available to us, but he's going to manifest himself in different situations, in different circumstances, at different times. Our job is to simply be open to what the Spirit of God wants to do in us and stop comparing ourselves to one another, but instead celebrating what the Spirit of God is doing in our midst and celebrating what the, God, the Spirit of God is doing within us. 
Comparison, as you grow in the gifts of the Spirit, comparison will kill us. Let's celebrate what we see in one another, not compare what we see in one another. Again, if your spring of living water that you're going to is the approval of others, right? Which is a huge issue for a lot of us. Um, approval of others, that's oftentimes when we start comparing or trying to perform. That will not satisfy. That is, a, that is a cistern that will not hold water. Here's another one. I think why we don't see some of these gifts or why we don't step out, why our... Or just the, the blockage of the outflow of the Holy Spirit, I think a lot of times, is because of fear. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid to step out and fail as if God's going to be incredibly mad at us. And here's the thing. It's like teaching your kids to ride a bike. I've gotten to teach my kids to ride bikes, right? It is awesome. And, and so you're like giving them a pep talk. Let's go. Let's go. You can do this. You got this. And then you're walking with them for a while on the bike. And then finally you make that call. You're like, boom, you're on your own. And then what happens? they bite it <laughs> and they're they're crying their knees are all skinned up you're like all right buddy let's go let's go i don't say to my kid when i taught eli to ride his bike and he bit it and skinned up his knees i didn't go oh man well you gave it a good shot um i guess bike riding isn't for you <laughs> right i said way to go dude you took three pedals man that's awesome let's do it again i don't want it you got it does it again four or five pedals boom does it more and more i want to talk about this next week i think god willing i'm going to talk about this next week is creating a culture of grace for allowing us to grow and screw up a little bit all right but man i'm way off where am i, where am I going um <laughs> but even in that right it's like we're so afraid what was that? Just keep pedaling, right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to miss you on sabbatical, I tell you what. <laughs> um, we're so afraid of miss, but when we are like, have the proper inflow in relation with the Lord, we know that he's so pleased with us before we do anything, because we're his kids. Like, our identity doesn't come from him. Like, he's not proud of us because we do all the right things, but simply because we're his kid. And so we're in the right, proper relationship with him. Man, I'll take all kinds of risks because my identity is found in him and not y'all, right? And so, yes, there is fear. And so maybe for some of you, you need to pray against that fear, fear of failure, fear what other people think, or fear that, like, you're going to look like a fool. I'm going to tell you right up front, there's going to be times the Lord is going to ask you to do something and step out as the Spirit of God flows from within you, and you're going to look like a fool. But here's the thing. When you're in right relationship with the Father, you'll realize, I'm willing to look like a fool for Christ because he's worth it. The other thing, here, here was mine, one of my big ones before I really let the Spirit of God flow from within me. And don't say it's like perfect. I always struggle with this still. Um, is control. I love control, man. I love it. And for me, that's one of the biggest barriers, I think, why I didn't see some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life until I was ready to relinquish control in my life. Now, I couch it in pretty religious language, right? It's like, well, I'm, like, open to the gifts, right? But the word doesn't say be open to the gifts of the Spirit. It says eagerly desire the gifts. Now, again, we're going to talk about this in the next coming week. That doesn't mean, like, go crazy. There are guidelines. There are ways to use them. You can abuse them. I'm not saying that totally. 
But however, I was so concerned about losing control that I wasn't open to whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do in my life. And I was guilty of quenching the Spirit, grieving the Spirit, resisting the Spirit. Like I say, okay, you can work in my life like in this way, maybe a little this way, but not any of this stuff. And what changed for me is the Lord led me to repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry for resisting your spirit. I'm sorry for telling your spirit what you can and cannot do. I'm sorry for trying to be the boss here. And instead, it was an act of repentance. We, we see repentance as just like wah, wah, wah stuff, right? Like repentance is a gift from the Lord. It says in Acts, like repentance leads to refreshing. This act of re- re- repentance is like, oh God, I want whatever you have for me. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want your spirit to flow from within me any way that you see fit, not me dictating. And so God, I'm sorry for the way I've resisted your spirit, for blocking up your spirit, for these, these different ways. God, have your way in me. Now, I didn't just take someone's uh, word on it. I went to the word and said, no, nope, this is what the word says. Now I'm going to believe it because the word says it. But now, God, I'm choosing to relinquish control to you. And some of you, if you're like me this morning, that may be what the Lord's asking of you to do is to simply say, God, I'm giving you control and not going to control what you want me to do. I'm so excited for what the Lord's going to do. Like, here's the thing, right? I've talked to this a bunch, but like, so next Sunday is my last Sunday for the summer because I'm going on sabbatical. And um, I was telling this to someone this morning, like, like the people around here are super capable and it's going to go incredibly well. What honestly my fear is this summer is I'm fear of missing out. I know, man, the Spirit of God doesn't just work when I'm here. The Spirit of God works all the time. And so to watch you guys grow in obedience to the Lord and do what he says and walk boldly and do whatever, like, I know the Lord is going to do some unbelievable things, and I can't wait to hear about it when I get back of all the incredible things that the Lord did because you simply uh, went to him as a spring of living water and said, okay, flow from within me as you see fit. I can't wait to hear about the ways you guys screw up royally, and God shows you incredible grace, right? I can't wait to hear about the times that you spur one another along and encourage one another. I can't wait to hear about the Lord becoming truly the Lord of your life and you laying your life on the altar and saying, God, it's all for you. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not because they're like these neat, cool things that God does, but because the God who deserves to be worshipped and known, the one who is raised from the dead and seated on the throne in heaven, that God of the universe deserves to be known. And how outrageous is it that he would use screw-ups like us to make himself known? The spirit of the living God is inviting you into relationship with himself. He's inviting that you would come and drink of him to know more deeply of the Lord and also that he would flow from within you. But some of you this morning need to stop disqualifying yourselves. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for the super spiritual. They're not for the mature. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for all that profess the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Somewhere in Park this morning, I'll just ask you this. What's stopping you up? What's preventing the outflow of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or what's messing up your inflow? Like what, what springs are you trying to, or what, what are you trying to dig up your own cisterns rather than the spring of living water? What areas of your life are you doing that? He, 
Let's do this. I'm going to pray, but as I pray, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. And if there's just specific things the Lord is stirring in your heart, like, again, for, just you might need prayer for something specific the Lord has spoken to you about. Maybe it's an act of repentance like it was for me. I had to go to a couple of buddies as they prayed for me to be filled up with the Spirit, be like, oh, I got to repent of quenching the Spirit, just resisting what you want to do in my life. Maybe that's you this morning, and you need to do an act of that by coming up for prayer. Whatever it may be, I'm going to invite you that um, after we pray and as we sing a couple more songs and worship together, that um, we just invite you to come and receive prayer for that. Um, that you wouldn't be stopped up anymore. There'd be free flowing uh, of the Holy Spirit within you and through you. So let's pray together. Oh God, you are, I just, I just can't get over your, your grace this morning. Like, we don't have to do the right things to, to be able to come to you, the source of living water that's offered through, through Jesus, it, through his grace. We don't have to, like, do the right things and earn it and all of a sudden then be good enough for the spirit of God to flow from within us. God, I thank you that you qualify us based on the perfect work of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that gift. Holy Spirit, we thank you uh, for, for, for working through us. God, we, Jesus, we thank you for sending your spirit. God, I pray that you speak specifically of ways that we are chasing after other cisterns rather than you. I ask God that you would also reveal ways in us that we're just uh, refusing to let your spirit flow from within us. I pray against fear in Jesus' name. The out of control be gone in Jesus' name. The out of approval be gone in Jesus' name. That God, that you would uh, expose those in our heart and that we would turn away from those and turn towards you. God, we want the gifts. We do. We want the gifts in our lives. But we don't want the gifts apart from you. We want you more than anything. We want you. We want more. We want to be transformed into your likeness, God. We, we don't want just the fruit of the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit. We want the fruit of the Spirit. God, we, we want more of you in every way that you have for us. So I pray your blessing on my brothers and sisters here this morning. That God, that you would speak to them and what this means for them in their own life. I thank you, God, that the invitation to come, all who are thirsty, is always open and always available. They don't have to, like, do certain things to come. We thank you, God, for the invitation to come. God, we thank you, God, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance and the joy of repentance that comes with refreshing. God, that you would create in us a community of family here that is bold for you, that walks in total abandon for you, God, that recognizes your worth and your value, that we're willing to go and do whatever for the sake of your great name, God. So would you fan into flame this morning a deeper love and affection for you, Jesus, that a love for you would be our motivator this morning. I pray this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Just stand and worship with us. And again, if you need prayer, there'll be a prayer team up here. Amen.